with Aaron, Polly, and Andrew. I'm Aaron. This is Paul. And I'm Andrew. This is I weird. Am- it, I, I mean, it, I was almost thrown off, Aaron. It's good. It's good. Aaron, I mean, it, it, it like you. It, it was. I'm used to hearing at least Wayne. Sometimes Andrew's not on, uh-huh. but now uh-huh. we don't have Wayne, and all it took was a Zack Snyder episode <laughs> of Funny Books to make this happen. <laughs> to make this a Wayne free zone. <laughs> it only took four hours of footage, and what, how how much more money? Like seventy million dollars. Seventy million dollars in five years. That's all it took. <laughs> For Wayne to skip out on an episode of Funny Books. Yeah, he boycotted this. He said, Snyder Cut, no thank you. He was out. Hard no. Hard no. Yeah, but we should <laughs> do, pass. instead of talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League, is just have a Death and Return of Superman conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the Superman novel. Let's yeah. talk about Lego today. <laughs> Ooh, how about Superman Celebration? <laughs> we love you, Wayne. You're not listening anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, or maybe we could uh, talk about how his feet hurt walking around. <laughs> we love you, Wayne. We miss you. I mean... XXO. <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 you know, we we are gathered here today to get through this thing we call Zack Snyder's Justice League. And before we dive in, before we dive dive in, because this is going to be a real time podcast. Oh, this is going to be a four. I, I was hour. not prepared for a real time podcast. I need another beer. Funny <laughs> books with Aaron and Polly, the Zack Snyder cut. So. <laughs> um, I, I do need to know how you watched the show. So, Paul, yes, when and how? Um, I've seen it twice. Just as a time Jesus. of this recording. Yeah. <laughs> what did you take a day off work this week? I did. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I, uh, I, I, uh, I, I saw it, uh, Thursday at noon. Um, and then, uh, I saw it again this morning, but at home, wow. like, you know, on the, I saw it in 4k. I made sure I watched it in 4k. Uh-huh. Um, and I, you know, I shut all the blinds, turned off all the lights because they said, you know, because of the black bars on the left and right, you know, good to have the room dark. And, uh. Yeah, so that that's is is. But does that answer your question? I it mean, does. It I does. didn't know if you were like like naked. Like no, I mean I would. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, uh-huh. I I had never seen the original uh, Justice League guys. Uh, I I'd oh, heard wow. okay. I, Dawn of Justice. I was not a fan. I, I after Justice League came out, what I heard from you guys and others did not like make me feel like I need to rush out and watch the original, you know, Whedon Justice League. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many years ago was that? Yeah, that uh, three, I, 2017. Yeah, hey, so, you know, I'm just saying, that's not necessarily rushing. I mean, you had, you had some time. <laughs> I mean, you could have sauntered to it and I seen guess, it a couple yeah. of times. I could have belly crawled over to that's it. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. <laughs> so, uh, to, to be able to compare the two, uh, I settled down on uh, Friday afternoon and watched the original Whedon uh, two-hour uh, Justice League. And then last night, Saturday, after I'd worked, I came home and settled down and watched the four-hour Schneider cut on, on our nicest TV in the basement. Uh, you know, it was evening, so there wasn't a lot of glare. Uh, and I, I went through Amazon channels and installed the uh, HBO Max app through our LGT. No, through my Xbox, through my Xbox. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Very nice. Well, you know, I uh, my plan was to start it Thursday and finish it Friday. It's a smart plan. Uh, because it is ridiculously long and I worked all day Thursday. Clarifying so, question. Sir. Were you planning on starting it at 10 p.m. Thursday and finishing at 2 a.m. Friday? 
No, my plan was to start at like, you know, eight, you know, yeah. around there and, you know, watch two hours, go to bed, you know, catch the next two hours, you know, later. Because, I mean, it wasn't like I was going to get a surprise. I've seen the, 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 the original film. I, like Paul, took Friday off because it's spring break in Texas. Not a damn thing going on this week because nobody was there. So I was like, well, that meeting canceled. I'm out of here. Um, so Thursday night I started watching it and my, my viewing experience was sitting on my back patio, uh, having a cigar, drinking, uh, a rather ridiculous amount of scotch <laughs> and, uh, and watching it on my iPad pro. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay. And, uh, after about two hours or so, you know, hitting the time where I was like, ah, I go to bed now. I was like, God, this is really good. I'll go inside and watch it on the big TV. So I, I I did it all in one evening and was finished before midnight. But uh, so so that was my viewing experience. Hmm. And I got to say, the aspect ratio uh, on this, because, you know, it is rather boxy as opposed to being letter boxy. Uh, it's very a, a very square image fit beautifully on my iPad screen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the. Putting it on my, uh, my my flat screen, you know, in the den, uh, it took a little bit of adjusting to. It does. You know? I mean, but it, I, I do. I did find that because um, I did. I had not seen it on my iPad, but I did go look for an Easter egg uh, earlier today <laughs> that someone had referenced, and I'm like, oh, I didn't catch that, so I, I checked it. And yeah, it does take up the full screen on an iPad, but if you're watching it on a television, you do get the four four by three. Um, ratio which yes i mean after a little bit the only thing that i'll say you know i i clearly got used to it what i will say in reference to the the ratio itself is that it made everything feel like a set even if it wasn't is yeah right is the only is the only negative thing i really say about it because honestly like on an imax screen it'd be baller right sure But, but on a television screen because everything felt closer everything felt like a set to me yeah. And, but, you know, in the end, it didn't take away from my enjoyment as much as I, I genuinely thought I was going to hate it. So so on my notes, I have written here four to three ratio, ugh, underline, two exclamation marks. <laughs> uh, I, I felt like I was back in 19, I don't know, 92 watching Babylon 5. Um, I, I, in the fact that they ran that at the beginning of my episodes is like, this will be presented in four to three to preserve Zack Snyder's original concept. I'm like... And then I went reading and realized that that's because he wanted to be an IMAX. But let's say most movies, if you're having them in IMAX, you also have a, a, a version uh, that's a wider screen for the regular theaters, right? Right, right. So the whole four to three ratio, I didn't I didn't quite understand it. And and maybe Zack Snyder's really hoping it's going to be out in the IMAX theaters once the pandemic settles down. But who going to a four hour movie in an IMAX? I, yeah, that seems crazy, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. Yeah. I think there was an intermission planned for the actual well, okay, so I mean, let's 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 talk about this real briefly, right? So yeah. obviously, Zack Snyder created a four-hour Justice League movie that was never actually going to be released as such. Um, you know, Warner Brothers was very specific in that they wanted a shorter, closer to two two and a half hour film. So this movie was never going to be released as a four-hour movie. Um, however, you know when things changed and HBO Max had an interest after the whole you know re- release the Snyder cut um you know stuff over mm-hmm. these these last few years he restored it back to his original 4 hour cut but if this had been released at the time 
this probably would have just been the Blu-ray version, but the theatrical version was never going to be more than like two and a half hours. True. True. Right. Well, I mean, you know, he, I think, I think there are two things going here. There's like what was originally in his notes, right. You know what he was originally planning to do. And then, you know, he's had three years to think about this. You know, he's, he's had a lot of time to go, you know, that would be really cool. And he's had three years of people telling him what it should have been. Right. Well, and, you know, he's also got the, the, the he knows going into it that it is highly unlikely that he'll be invited back to do another movie in this sequence. Right. And so he's going to leave it all on the field. You know, like the 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 addition of Jared Leto at the end of the movie, you know, that was because, you know, in his notes, he says that, you know, uh, in this in, in these series of movies, he's never had a confrontation between Ben Affleck's Batman and Jared Leto's Joker. Why not put the two on the screen together? Right. Um, so, I mean, I get that. You know, just leave it all out there. Tell your best story. I, I, I got to tell you, I was stunned from the beginning of this movie and how different it was. I mean, I was minutes in and I was like, wow, this is this is really yeah. different. And I kept yeah. I kept thinking you know, and I haven't gone back and rewatched the 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 original Whedon version, but uh, I, I just kept thinking, um, this is really a lot different. You know, this is it, it felt like a completely new film. You, I mean, not just I, I mean, how many times have you watched a movie? It's like, yes, it's the extended director's cut. We've added in ten minutes of film or thirty seconds of film. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> this. I mean, there were there were very few scenes where I was like, wow, that is exactly the way it was. It was shot in the first movie. I, I was blown away by how, how very different this film is. You know, one thing that I found interesting, and this is something that occurred to me. So, you know, I, I did watch it twice and I did that intentionally because the first one I, you know, y- you guys know I'm I'm I've I've been this, you know, release the Snyder Cut person Um so you know the, the first the first time is always always has the bias, the second time is like the real tell for me, sure. Because you know, the second time, because you know what's coming, you know if like the first time I watched it, I'm like it didn't feel like four hours. But if you watch it a second time and you know <laughs> what's coming, you're like right. okay, this fucking feels long. Then you know you know then then that bias, um, you know informed the first. So that's that's one of the reasons I did it twice. Um, but you know it. One of the things that struck me was that surprised me. Yes, I knew this was going to be, you know, we all knew, right, that this was going to be different because, I mean, it's double the length. But what su- actually surprised me was how much of the Whedon version was actually Snyder's, considering, all, you know, I'd heard he'd refilmed 75% of the movie, um, you know, because a, a lot of the stuff was like, now the shots were. Maybe you, they use different takes, or they refilmed them to add more, you know, or different shitty dialogue, or yeah. whatever. But like almost the entirety of Whedon's film, other than like the Russian, fa- other than maybe twenty thirty minutes of the Whedon film, the rest of it is all part of this. Um, that, I mean, that's just true, slightly but, different. But to kind of pick up what the Aaron's saying is that even though a lot of the scenes were say, the same. The, they change dialogue and some of them yeah. are restaged yeah. them to make them feel very different. Like when Bruce Wayne early in the movie is having that discussion in the little, uh, you know, Arctic village uh, trying to find, uh, you know, Arthur Curry, Aquaman in the Whedon story. It was much, you know, Aquaman comes off more. Yeah, um, what's the right word? He comes off kind of more 
uh, casual, less mercenary than he does in yeah. the, the in the Snyder. He seems like a much nicer guy. <laughs> and, and, you know, yeah. Yeah. and when he slams Bruce Wayne against the wall in the Whedon version, after you know Bruce Wayne makes his cutting remark about Atlantis, it seems deserved. Whereas where he slams Bruce Wayne against the wall in the Schneider, you're like, ooh, he's kind of an asshole. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So even though it's the same shots more or less, and it's it's the dialogue's changed enough that it has a very different feel to it, to, to me at least. No, yeah, absolutely. Well, Go ahead. And, and you know. In all fairness, you know, Zack Snyder's got four freaking hours to tell this story. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, you know, these characters are going to get more room to breathe and you're going to get more story if you're doing your job right. But I got to tell you, it seems like all the stuff that they didn't use in the uh, original release is stuff that was mission critical to this film. And you don't realize uh, that, right? The first time that you realize it's not a great film and it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. But when it actually makes sense and you understand character motivation and how uh-huh. people got to where they got to, uh-huh. it, yeah. it, it's hugely different. Well, I'm but, like, I'm like, you know, I hated Cyborg in the Joss Whedon film. Hated him. And I got to tell you, he comes off as the star in this film. Yeah. yeah you know, he, he comes off. Yeah. I, Ray... Fisher. Fisher, yes. Uh, uh, I got to tell you, I didn't bother to learn his name in the Whedon film. I got to tell you, I, I looked him up after I saw this, you know, because I remember I, we've talked about him recently on Funny Books about the how he thought, you know, Whedon uh, had created a hostile work environment on that set. Right. Yeah. Um, but I was like, man, I, this guy never registered to me because I just never felt like I saw enough of him in the first film. But here, I'm like, this guy can carry a movie. This guy has an arc. This guy is interesting, and I don't like Cyborg in the comic. And so he had some heavy lifting to do, but I really genuinely liked this guy. Same thing with Ezra Miller as Flash. Not a fan of him in the first film. Really? Loved him yes. in this film. I was surprised about both of those characters because you yeah. know, they, they were the ones that were hyped, right? Like When right. Snyder talked about this film before it was released, he was super excited about Flash and cyborg and cyborg you know got the short end of the stick they removed like 90 percent of his shit um yeah from the movie and then flash you know they they kept the jokey bits but i mean they kept out a bunch of stuff that really like it it it, it made him a more endearing character and not just a com- comedic relief including the fact that the flash is literally the one who saves the day right you know the, the yeah, introduction well, of time travel and all that and you know one of the things that clearly was you know something that was written by joss whedon was the whole russian family uh you know that had to be saved from the chernobyl area and that's nowhere in this film in fact there's a moment in the movie where i'm like when are those guys going to show up you know they're (laughs) they're kind of late for me to get to know these characters you know uh and and, you know it feels in the whedon film and I, i felt like this from the first time i saw it it felt so artificial to have those, you know, ca- those characters be in jeopardy and Superman who just gets there has to turn around and leave to go save them. And you've got this very linear style storytelling where, uh, you know, Superman and Flash have to save these people. That doesn't exist in this movie. Uh, in fact, you know, for all intents and purposes, the area that that Steppenwolf has created his base seems to be abandoned. 
Yeah. Um, and so Joss Whedon just apparently felt like they needed to throw that risk in. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I feel like a lot of the additions that Whedon made were literally him saying, I don't like this aspect. Right. So I'm going to add a piece of dialogue to, to add a bit of brevity or make fun of the original dialogue. Or like mm-hmm. you said, he didn't like that that city was abandoned. So he, he, he injected these you know, the family and, you know, this population that needed to be saved. But in the end, I wasn't missing it. Like, it, it, no, the, no, because the, no. the, the stakes were made clear. It's fucking dark side and the world's going to be destroyed. Like, I got it. You know, I didn't need that family to tell me what the stakes were. Yeah, it seemed it seemed kind of tacked on in the weed and the weed and cut to have them there. But but just to step back for a second. So when I watched the original, you know, weed film, you know, it wasn't a perfect film, but I really liked it. May really, I enjoyed the first, uh, the Whedon cut of the film. I didn't, you know, some things seemed cut up and chopped. And like you said, Victor Stone was hardly in it. Uh, he seemed just almost non-existent. But I, I didn't think it was a bad movie. And there are definitely things I like better about the Whedon cut than I do about the Snyder cut. And there are things about the Snyder cut I like better than, than the Whedon cut, for, for instance, example. Uh, so in that first fight, when they are sneaking in in Riker Island, uh, to find Steppenwolf and the Parademons and um, uh, Cyborg's dad. You know, in the Whedon cut, um, Ezra Miller's character Flash is is like, I've never been in a fight before. <laughs> yeah. What what do I do? And I thought that was a great scene for Ezra Miller uh, to like, the, you know, I've never been in a giant. I'm the youngest person here. You know, I've messed around saving people, but I've never been in a, a fight with superpowered beings, much less, you know, demons and, and Steppenwolf. And and Bruce gives him that talk is like, just save one person. And he's like, well, then what? Then you'll know. And I, I really missed that in the, the Snyder version. Yeah, no, I agree that that, that is I, I that was a moment I missed from the, the Snyder cut as well. I thought that yeah. was a good educational moment for uh, for Flash. You know, the one of the things that I, I strongly disliked from the first film was Steppenwolf. Um, he did not feel particularly threatening. Uh, he didn't look particularly cool. I didn't, there, I just, there wasn't anything about Steppenwolf that I liked. And I feel like the cut of, of, uh, of the Snyder film is much more threatening, much more interesting, much more face acting, uh, on Steppenwolf. Um, I really dug Steppenwolf, you know, in, in this, in this movie. And of course, Getting to see Darkseid and some of the other new god, uh, uh, some of the other new gods was amazing. Oh yeah, I mean Darkseid, you know, you know the freaking Darkseid stuff just scratched me right where I itch. Especially, um, and I know we're bouncing around, but especially the scene where they are about to revive Superman, mm-hmm. and Cyborg has a flash forward to the future, and you see the freaking Omega beams. Uh-huh. While Darkseid's assaulting Atlantis, and I'm just like, ah, yes, yes, yeah. everything about Darkseid, Darkseid's representation in this film felt right to me. Um, the only caveat, or the only, yeah, and, and I'm going to be nitpicky because that's what we do. I <laughs> I do wish that Darkseid, Dasad, and Steppenwolf didn't all have the same vocal effect, right, <laughs> on yeah. their voice because they all sounded kind of the same to me. Yeah, agreed. 
Well, and, and I just even love seeing Darkseid. Uh, like, that was a huge benefit of the Snyder Cut, seeing Darkseid, seeing Desaad. But, you know, even the flashback to the Age of Heroes in the Snyder Cut, where, uh, uh, you know, you see Darkseid attacking mm-hmm. and him battling Zeus and Ares. And it was just, it was was just cool. so cool. So that cool. That was super cool. Yeah. yeah. In fact, th- there was a moment, you know, when all of that's going on on the screen, I'm like, I want to see that movie. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> can we get that movie? Also, you know, I, it, there was a, a moment in the film earlier on before that scene uh, when they're chasing, you know, the cubes, you know, the, the, the boxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, you know, there, there is an element uh, that Zack Snyder's Justice League feels an awful lot like Lord of the Rings. Y- yes, it does. Mm-hmm. And then they cut to, you know, the armies of man, the armies of Atlantis, you know, and all these guys. And I'm like, I am pretty sure I just saw Aragorn. <laughs> well, yeah, they, 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 you know, they instead of being, you know, the giving the rings to the dwarves and the humans, the elves, it's giving the boxes to the Atlanteans, the Amazons, and the humans. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the there there was, I mean, with the Green Lantern there, and I mean, oh. medieval Green Lantern or you know prehistory Green Lantern was was pretty rock and roll, man. Yeah. I, I, I was like, I, I need to know more about that guy. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that I, whole. Oh, good. You know, I was just the whole that whole scene. I was like, "This is the movie I need. I yeah. really need to see the Zack Snyder, you know, uh, prehistory prequel to the DC universe, where I get to see this shit going on because Savage. that was fucking awesome." Savage Justice League. <laughs> oh right. man, I'm down. I am but so settled. down for that. That whole extended history was so much better and than the it was in the Whedon uh, cut. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, because well, they actually was, explained was... the mother boxes, they uh-huh. actually you know explained Darkseid and Steppenwolf, and it was just so much better. Well, and it was Darkseid instead of Steppenwolf, right? So the, yes. you know, because the right. that that flashback sequence was only Steppenwolf. There was only one reference to Darkseid in the original for in the Justice or the Joss Whedon version. So you know, the fact that that was like a whole sequence with Darkseid was. I mean, it's just interesting. Like, they just swapped out one CG character for another just because they didn't want to have Darkseid in the film, which totally removed, you know, the greater well, stakes at play. Well, and, you know, when... I, I think if you take Darkseid out of it, you, to your point, Paul, you, you, you reduce the stakes, and it doesn't feel nearly as scary, right? I mean, because I mean, you feel like Steppenwolf, you're going to take this guy. This guy's a chump, right? Yeah. Uh, well, in the first, in, in the Joss Whedon movie, I felt like Steppenwolf was a chump. Yeah. And, you know, when you get to, he is much more dangerous in this movie. And then to know that he is backed up by Darkseid. And you've, you've even got a bit of an arc with Steppenwolf because at the beginning, you know, decides like, hey, even though you might win Earth, you still owe us 50,000 worlds for the shit you pulled <laughs> previously. Right. And Darkseid, right. Darkseid's not taking your call, you know, so go to hell, Steppenwolf. Remember, you got you got a debt load of fifty thousand more worlds you need to conquer, and then when he says, "Hey, I, I, I by the way, found the anti-life equation," and you know, all of a sudden, Darkseid's interested, and that's <laughs> I mean, you you feel the danger boil up, and that that is really cool. I mean, you've already got this high stakes movie because you know if Batman's scared, you know stuff's about to get real. And then it boils up even even more threatening because, okay, all these other guys are going to come. And, you know, spoilers, end of the movie when Darkseid isn't able to come over and he turns around and you just see thousands and thousands of parademon troops that were ready to boil through the gate. That was that was pretty metal. 
I, I just I, I I love I loved everything about what we got to see with Darkseid. I mean, I somewhat agree with what you said and somewhat disagree. I mean, to to draw an analogy, you know, in in the first Avengers film, you hardly saw Thanos. You know, you saw Loki and you saw all the the Shikari hordes coming through, but you never really saw Thanos. He was lurking off for the next movie, right? He was he was lurking for several. So if you're trying to build a series of movies that are a, kind of a, an extended universe, if you will, that's going to kind of have the finale with the show on Dark Side, I think the the Whedon uh, version uh, succeeds at that. And the Snyder version, Dark Side, super cool. Love having him in there, but. How much, I mean, Zeus, he gets taken out in the flashback scene, so you know he can be defeated. Maybe not by, you know, Arthur Curry, Aquaman, but you know there are forces that are present that can defeat Darkseid. He's been defeated before. It also, that opens the door to, like, he could, we could defeat him again in the future. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, I feel like the reason why it makes it so threatening is because those, they, they, they say that, you know, the old gods aren't around anymore. You know? But now the so new you, gods are. Right, but you haven't seen the new gods. Yeah, you know, yeah. and all you all you've got are you know the handful of Justice Leaguers who aren't yet working together. So I mean, I do think that uh, yes, I I, I I I agree with your analogy, but I think that that threat level does boil up because can our heroes achieve that same uh, level that you know Zeus and Ares had? Right. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think about the music? I'm not gonna lie, I really liked it. I, you oh, know, Paul, I did. I liked the music, and I, you know, I, I, well, I, I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna say something controversial here. I hated the Danny Elfman score. Oh, Paul, I hated the fact that they used the John Williams theme and the original Batman theme in this movie. I genuinely did not like that in the Joss Whedon version. So. I, I actually liked it. I, I liked the I liked the, the music in this. I mean, there were some exceptions. I really hate um, so Junkie XL Tom Holkenberg. Yep. I think did the score. I hate I his so. score for Lex Luthor. Hate the Lex Luthor song. But other than that, I liked it. Oh man, I thought uh, I, I I much preferred the Danny Elfman from the Whedon cut. I like the the Junkie XL music, like where Amy Adams is walking with the coffees and the rain down to the uh, memorial, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. when Arthur Curry's walking down the dock to to dive back into the ocean from the little small village that Bruce Wayne talked to. I just it was just very off putting to me. I, it seemed just kind of disruptive, and it didn't really put me in. I think the mood that 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 the Danny Elfman music did. Hmm. Yeah, see, I, I liked it. Go ahead, Aaron. A- Aaron I, you know, I, 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 I gotta say that the music really didn't leave an impression on me. So he abstains. <laughs> yeah, I, it really didn't. I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying to think back. You know, I always respond when the Wonder Woman theme comes up. Mm-hmm. You know, because I just I love that. Uh, it reminds me of 300. You know, it's just got you know sort of that uh, that uh, who are those guys? Uh, the Spartans. God, I can't. Yeah, no, the the guys who did the the music, that the theme, uh, God, never mind, it's not important. Anyway, it just reminds me of of other movies that I've liked with that style of music, um, and you know, it it reminds me of when it was first employed in Batman versus Superman when Wonder Woman debuts on the screen, yeah. and just has so much joy in this awful fight she's in, right? <laughs> yeah. and, you know, and and I, and I love that, and you know, that brings me back to you know. They really spent a lot of time introducing the characters in this movie. Yeah. And I, I, you know, you, 
you saw most of what was used for Wonder Woman in the Whedon cut, but even even here we spend a little bit more time with her. And I, I, ju- I really very much enjoyed those scenes. I, enjo- about- I enjoyed – go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, how about when she and uh, Alfred – she's trying to make tea with Alfred there? Yes. Oh. <laughs> that was a great moment. And you great... need those Alfred moments, right? Yeah, right. I, yeah, Absolutely. It was great. Yeah. Great. yeah, you know, that was one of the complaints, right, about Justice League happening when it did. People were like, how are you making a Justice League movie already? Why aren't why isn't everyone getting a solo film first like Marvel did? And, you know, the, if you I understand that criticism, although I also fall on the side of I probably wouldn't give a shit about Cyborg if he wasn't already introduced, if he wasn't introduced in the context he is in this film. So that's one of the I think that's one of the reasons like some of these characters are so out of left field. I probably wouldn't have the interest like Aquaman, you know, if it wasn't for this setup first. Um, and so from that, you know, best business aspect, I get it. But also having watched the film, each one of them, you know, so the film is split into these seven parts. Each one of them kind of gets their own focused part. Yeah. Right. You know, the, the the Aquaman gets his, you know, his village and his Atlantis origins. You have the whole flash vignette you know that kind of introduces his powers the whole cyborg you know there's probably a solid 30 to 45 minutes straight of cyborg stuff like i mean each person kind of gets their own piece if anyone batman is the only one who really doesn't get his own chunk of film but it's because he had already had one i guess i mean he's also traveled you you see him as he travels to around yeah. to a bit but but oh that part when when barry saves iris west yeah uh-huh so such a good addition. Yeah. No, I mean, I got to tell you, I, I don't think they, they added anything that I didn't like. I, I got overall. I loved this movie. I uh, it, it hit me right in the right place. And I got to say, I think a, a four hour Justice League film is perfect for streaming. Oh, I, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I heart. I, I loved that I got to watch it with scotch and a cigar. I loved that I then got to come inside and you know watch it on the couch. I got to take a pee break when I wanted to take a pee break. I got to go pop my own popcorn. It was great. Um, I, I I would love to see them do more things like this. You know, the the long form storytelling here was terrific. And what I really hope is that DC reconsiders some of the some of the the strategies that they have in place for their cinematic universe. I would love them to go, you know, maybe we ought to give Zack Snyder another bite at the apple. But in HBO Max, you know, like, you know, with today's technology, you know, five years ago or six years ago, whenever they filmed this, because I know it came out in 2017. So, you know, special effects and stuff probably filmed five, six years ago. You didn't have things like the volume, like they use for Mandalorian. You can, you can absolutely cut the budget of this film significantly oh, absolutely you know, yeah i mean you, you wouldn't have had to spend seven an additional 70 million dollars on this movie, right <laughs> yeah so you know like if they just like hey man we'll give you a you know, 100 200 million dollars just give us two seasons of a, of a tv show or whatever you know to finish out your arc i i think that would be money well spent on hbo's part um mm-hmm. to draw to to keep an attention on hbo max that they're going to struggle to have after this year where the theatrical releases are going to be released in theaters again, you know, I I completely agree with that. I mean, I I can't imagine HBO isn't looking at at Disney plus in the success of WandaVision and they're going to watch and see how well, you know, uh, Falcon and and where soldier does. And why wouldn't someone there be thinking like, 
why don't we do that? Well, you know, when you look at it, you know, Paramount Plus is queuing up to have new Star Trek every week. Right. You know, they they are going to have a new Star Trek series every quarter, which pretty much occupies every week of the year. Um, Disney is is queued up for all of their Marvel original programming for every week. And then after that, Star Wars every week. Mm -hmm. So good. you know, HBO Max, to your point, has got has got to do something to be as relevant in order to keep the uh, streaming audience. Yeah. I I I truly hope that this is wildly successful for them because I enjoyed almost every moment of this film. Yeah, uh, there is one moment in the movie that I just did not care for. And that is the appearance of Jared Leto in the movie. Agreed. Yeah, I just I do I have not seen his movie The Joker, uh, or Suicide Squad. Is that that's what yeah, he was Suicide in? Suicide Squad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen Joker. I, I haven't seen Suicide Squad uh, with him because I, I, I and actually I, I got to correct that. I saw the first one. He was in the first one, right? Yeah, yeah, he was in the first yeah. one. I did yeah. not care for him in that. So I, I don't no. know what I'm talking about. I all I know is that I don't like him. Um, <laughs> He's my I, least I, favorite Joker. Oh yeah, easy, easy least favorite Joker. Yeah. Because um, I think I've liked all the other Jokers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I really, really, really dislike him. And I gotta say, you know, that was a reshoot, right? That was not a reshoot. That was a a new bit of footage. Yeah. Uh, that they went out and shot, and Ben Affleck's Batman costume is terrible. His his, oh, his, uh, his cow- nightmare his nightmare uh, yeah. costume where he yeah. Eats, yeah. yeah. His cowl does not fit. In fact, I got to tell you, I bought the the Ben Affleck Batman cowl on Amazon for thirty five dollars. I am pretty sure that's the exact same one he's wearing. <laughs> you know, it's funny they because um, I watched the they had like a red carpet premiere the night before. Yeah, where, where was that watchable? Uh, YouTube. I can send. I'll send you the link offline, and I'll link okay. it in the show notes here if you uh, check this out on iomgeek.com. Because um, I was like, it seems like that would be something you'd have on HBO Max. Yeah, you would think so, right? And maybe it <laughs> yeah. was. I don't know. I think it was on YouTube, though. But if it was on HBO Max, I didn't see it. No, there's a bunch of like fan, you know, f- you know, fan Zoom calls that I skipped over. But there, there's a pretty lengthy interview with Kevin Smith and um, Zack Snyder. And they actually talk about the costumes. And they're, mm-hmm. and, you know, because at one point Kevin Smith says those costumes were like falling apart, weren't they? And he's like, you know, Zack Snyder's like, yeah, it was basically like, duct tape and stuff holding them together just for just for filming that stuff and you know none of those actors were really actually together for the most part Um, you know i think joe manganiello and ray fisher were on set at the same time but ben affleck and jared leto were not you know it was all filmed like individually and then you know on green screens and 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 i I really feel like you can tell that yeah particularly in that last scene between batman and joker i'm like these guys are not on set together no you know? you know, I didn't mind the sequence. I don't love Jared Leto's Joker. We, I mean, I definitely do not like Jared Leto's Joker. Let me clarify. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the sequence itself, I I liked it. I, you know, it felt like it felt like an addition. It didn't feel necessary at all. Um, right. You know, if, if anything, it made me sadder that we, we, you know, that we don't get that continuation, knowing that, you know, what the plan was to, to get more of that. But. You know, I, but on the flip side, that Ben Affleck sequence with Martian Manhunter was clearly new because Ben Affleck is clearly older um, yeah. in that sequence. Now he looks more like George Clooney. Uh, but, uh, but I like but that. But, you more. know, 
I, I, I really enjoyed that sequence. I think they could have done without the, the, you know, apocalyptic sequence to be perfectly Agreed. honest. I don't Agreed. feel like that added anything. Um, I, 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 I was kind of an, I was annoyed by it, but I think that was because of Jared Leto, but I really enjoyed the Martian Manhunter scene. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I know we're wrapping up, but the scene where, uh, uh, Ma Kent goes to visit Lois and then steps out and her eyes go red. And I'm like, Oh uh, fuck. Yeah. What's this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, it's just Martian man. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Okay. Whew. Whew. I mean, I, I, did. I, was okay. like, yeah. I was like, Oh, holy shit. You know, what, what, what are we into now? Right. And it makes you, it, it makes you think that, um, yeah. so, you know, and I, as we wrap up this conversation, I think one of the, 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 the happy aspects of this, and, and it sounds like we all enjoyed it. Um, enjoyed Zack Snyder's Justice League. I genuinely did. I genuinely enjoyed it. I feel like my my weight was worth it. I, I really, really loved this movie. But I will say, you know, when Marvel announced that Falcon and the Winter Soldier was going to drop the day after Zack Snyder's Justice League... Oh, yeah, that's some bullshit. I was like, fuck <laughs> you, Marvel. <laughs> I was mad. I was genuinely mad. We're not going to let them have the weekend. Yeah. We're not even going to let them have the weekend. We're going to let them have one day. But I will yeah, tell okay. you... Having watched both now, we're going to talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier on next week's podcast, so make sure you come back for that. Um, Zack Snyder's Justice League 1 crashed HBO on day one. Two has been trending all weekend. And Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you know, at least as far as social media... Not so much. Not so much. Very quiet on social media. And I think part of that was just based on the fact that, it, you know, it, it, there's in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which we're going to talk about next week, um, you know, it, it's... I'll, we'll save that conversation for next week. So you know, right. check us go. out next week on Funny Books. So. You know what? You know what I'm I'm ready for now. I am ready for the Zack Snyder cut special director's extended edition. That's what I'm ready for. The <laughs> no, nine I, hour no, Zack no. Snyder director's cut of the Zack Snyder. I mean, I'll, I'll be curious to see how HBO Max interprets their level of success. I mean, they got their twelve ninety nine, fourteen ninety nine from me because I I was not a subscriber before. I, I specifically signed up to watch the Snyder Cut, and then I'm going to watch uh, Watchmen as well. But uh, you know, the Snyder Cut, there are a lot of things I like in it. Yeah. I thought it was too long though, and there there are things I don't like, like the, some of the changes in the music. But there are a lot of good things to enjoy in the uh, Snyder Cut. I just uh, plan to watch it over like two settings, so like Aaron. Did. Yeah. Well, uh, so Andrew, two things before you cancel your HBO Max subscription. <laughs> um, well, I'm gonna give it a month. I'm gonna give it a month. Okay. You well, because uh, God, Godzilla yeah. vs. King Kong comes out oh, on March yeah. 31st. Yeah. And uh, two, um, now on HBO Max is the Snyder Cut. Yeah, whatever. Then now we're just using that term for anything um, of Batman <laughs> versus Superman. You know, the ultimate edition of Batman versus Superman, which was about a I half I hour s- longer than the cinematic I, I, version. That is the version I saw. Okay. I've, seen so both, you, I've seen both versions of, of uh, Dawn of Justice. Okay, if yeah. you get a if you get a Snyder cut circumcision, do they add link? <laughs> really? Well, I'm going to go to the doctor and find out. Um, oh, uh, but it, it is also recolored. They, you know, so Snyder uh-huh. went back and recolored. That's what they do in your circumcision. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> that was bad timing. Um, but Batman vs Superman on HBO Max. You know, he he went in and. And redid the coloring on it and um, added back in the IMAX ratio for the IMAX scene. So um, it, it, even that has seen some you changes. Know, you told me that like, earlier in the week that he had gone and recolored uh, BBS. And you said that is exactly what you said. Because I went back and I looked at what you had written in the chat. 
Because mm-hmm. I was like, God damn it, Paul. Because I went back and I was watching Man of Steel. I'm like, this looks exactly the same. <laughs> and I, I mean, I am prepared to just pitch a wall-eyed bitch at Paul. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm the idiot here. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and, and something else you got to look for on HBO Max, Andrew, before you, you know, rage quit it. Uh, <laughs> what I, I enjoyed the movie. <laughs> Superman the Animated Series is now available in HD. Ooh. Uh, newly available in HD yeah. on HBO Max. And, you know, Paul and I have been waiting for that for a very long time. Yeah, I'm kind of yeah. pissed that there's no Blu-ray edition yet, but perhaps they're waiting um, for the, you know, for to see how it does on hbo max i'm sure I'm, it'll come yeah i'm sure it'll come i think they're i think they are uh they're trying to build hype for hbo max if exactly. that's the only place you can get it you're gonna get more people in uh right. more subscriptions more monthly uh dollars but but just right. to clarify because i i looked in this but you guys probably know better than i there are no current dc movies in production right uh actually um black adam starts filming oh this, that's right this coming month um, okay right. yes I forgot about Black Adam. I Thank think you. that's the only well, Batman, right? The Batman just wrapped up on filming. Well, and they've that... got a bunch of stuff promised, but yeah, not currently. Oh, and Flash production. is currently filming as well. Yeah, Ezra Miller Flash. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I I really I was Allen from from this. I think the only thing Ezra Miller has going against him is that he wasn't Grant Gustin in 2017. Right, because I th- I think he does a I think he does a, watching it now for the first time I think he does a great job as Flash. Well, it probably I, helps know, that the Grant Gustin Flash show is shit the bed for me to, yeah. uh, to to really enjoy this Ezra Miller Flash. Right, I haven't watched well, the the Flash in probably two years. The TV show. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we want to know what you thought of Zack Snyder's Justice League. Give us a call. 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you could win a coveted valuable ideology of madness surprise you can also hit us up on social media iom geek on facebook instagram and twitter make sure to check back next week for our conversation about falcon and winter soldier awesome all right i I hope you guys uh, have plenty of time to rest up because uh it was it was it was a large a a long time spent in front of the tv it was it it was i'm I'm ready to to, to get away from a computer screen for a little bit (laughs) talk to you guys later night Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast. Podcast.